0: Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1199 of Lofton Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you on a Tuesday evening into Wednesday. And thank you for joining us, as always, on the show and making the Hawks podcast your first listen each and every day. Check us out and follow us. Subscribe on all platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify and our newly launched YouTube channel. Today's podcast will be myself and Raphael Barlow of NBA Draft Junkies and NBA Big Board, as well as the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. We talked about all kinds of stuff on the NBA draft. It was a good time to go ahead and do that in advance of the NCAA tournament. There are some connection issues on Raphael's end, so my apologies for that, but I wanted to at least get the podcast to you in advance of the tournament with some priming for the NBA draft season, which is very much rapidly approaching. Even if the Hawks make a run, the draft is coming. Regardless, it's less than three and a half months away, so we're getting closer, and I wanted to at least get my first draft podcast of the season in the books in the meantime the Hawks do play on the road on Wednesday in Charlotte a very interesting game a potential play-in preview and the winner of that game will actually be in ninth place in the Eastern Conference the Hawks will be without John Collins in that game on the road again Gallinari though listed as questionable sorry listed as probable for the Hawks on Wednesday on the Hornets side Gordon Hayward remains out so kind of a neutral maybe at least close to that with Collins and Hayward canceling out the Hawks take a jump in competition level. Of course, they had these three wins in a row against the Clippers, the Pacers, and the Blazers, all of which were wins. They all count in the standings, but this is a road game against a much better team in, in Charlotte, so a pretty good measuring stick for the Hawks as they try to wreck the ship and stay over 500. In fact, if they win this game, they will be over 500 for the first time in a long time. I'm touching that game in full depth on Wednesday evening, but I want to at least give you that at the top of the show. After the intro music, you will definitely hear myself and Rafael Barlow talking about the NBA draft. Please subscribe to this show. Follow us on, on Twitter at Locked On Hawks. Follow me on Twitter at BT Roland, And uh, we'll be right back with myself and Rafael Barlow on the NBA draft. You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I am joined now by a new guest, and honestly, it is time to pivot into NBA draft coverage a little bit more on the show. I love the NBA draft. It is a passion of mine, but I am not as smart as this person. I am joined by Raphael Barlow, Director of Scouting, I believe, at NBA Draft Big Board. NBA Big Board was over there with Chad Ford and all kinds of other things. Raphael, welcome to the show, and thank you for doing this.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's, It's weird that we're talking draft for the Hawks right now especially (laughs) after you know all the expectations coming into the season
0: yeah for sure and uh, because of that actually you know i've I've been doing draft stuff during the season for the last four or five years even last year i was doing we sprinkling it in during the season a little bit this year i've done really any draft stuff but with the ncaa tournament coming and i'm getting more and more questions about the draft because the hawks are you know They've been winning recently, but before that, not so much. So and that was a good time to do that. And uh, I thought I thought of you first, to be honest with you, uh, to bring in and talk about some draft stuff. So the tournament gets underway, actually, as we speak. The first four games are happening, uh, but the real stuff gets underway on Thursday. And I wanted to ask about a bunch of guys, but um, I guess there's a way to get into it. Uh, how do you feel about this class overall? Because... There's kind of a lot of optimism, I felt like, coming into the year and maybe a little bit less now. Um, That's kind of how it always goes. But what's your read on this class overall? It's just sort of a dividing line of the top three, four, maybe even five guys, and then it gets a little bit even from there. But uh, what's your read on the class overall?
1: I like the class. I mean, the hard thing is to really last until they finish their rookie contracts. I mean, I remember two years ago at this time, everyone thought the 2020 class was so weak, and that was because, you know, Anthony Edwards wasn't at, like, major school overseas. And, I mean, that class has turned out to be pretty good. I mean, you look at a guy like Desmond Bain, who fell at the end of the draft, is, at the end of the first round, is averaging, like, 17 a game on a, a, a highly competitive Grizzlies team that is top four in the, in the West, I believe. So I try not to really judge a class until after I completed the rookie year. I like this class though because I think that you have your, you know, your top three guys that, are, for the most part, are set in stone. Chad Chad Ford believes that Jaden Ivy could sneak up into that top three. But for the first part, I think, it is, um, you know, I mean, every draft boards are, are pretty consistent, and then hands totally different. We from Canada that hasn't played. A single minute in college basketball and is projected as a top 10 pick because he was the top ranked high school player in 2022, which means he would have been in the 2022 2023 draft before he reclassified. And then I also feel that between picks 15 and 30, maybe even 15, and 35, I do not think that there's that much of a. I I like it because I think draft night is going to be wild and unpredictable. And Which, you know, I guess you can say that for pretty much every draft, but I like how there's just not much of a difference between a a guy that could be a back-end lottery pick, mid-first rounder, and, you know, uh, early second round pick.
0: Yeah, it's a pretty interesting group, and you know I've been digging into it more and more, and I'm a little, probably a little bit behind where I normally am. I am uh, an undercover draft head, whereas it's not it's not my main thing, but I still have to do some draft stuff along the way. But <laughs> I sort of uh, agree with what, with what you're saying up and down this class, and the top guys have been kind of set, you know, depending on the on the order for sure for a little while now. But it really does seem kind of uh, jumbled beyond that which is not the worst thing in the world uh you mentioned chad having jaden ivy getting into that conversation potentially in the top three uh does that mean that he's he's your number four guy uh or is that, or is that sort of firm for you i was actually gonna ask you who your number five guy was but it's, is uh is ivy not in that top tier for you in your mind yeah i, mean, I have number four chad think
1: he could go as high as number one and he with the right team i guess <laughs> 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 yeah they say teams, aren't, they usually don't draft for fit. They draft for best playable. But I, I do agree with Chad in the sense that Ja Morant's play this year has really helped Jaden Ivey. I mean, Jaden Ivey has helped himself. But I think some scouts are going to see some similarities because it is a copycat league. And Ja Morant's impact, you know, due to his athleticism, motor, competitive fire has... You know, I mean, it's been great for Memphis. I'm, I'm a little bit more reserved on making that comparison because, in my opinion, Morant was just head and shoulders a better passer and playmaker. A combo guard feel to me.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I think that Ivy has grown on me. I was a little lower on him even a couple of months ago, and I think he's kind of worked his way up for me um, to the point where I definitely think he's a top four guy, no question. Um you could, on the right day, the right team, I could probably get him in a little bit higher than that. But um, I'm kind of with you, him being the fourth guy. Do you have a Do you have a clear number one, or is it like a Is it a tier at the top with uh, what I can only assume is Chet Holmgren, Jabari Smith, and Paolo Bancaro in some order? Do you have a, a favorite of that group, or is, are those guys pretty yeah. close together?
1: I do, and I'm like the only one that I. Everybody has the same top three for the most part. Bancaro has been number I've seen but I, I bear as as number 1 I think that he has more tools in his toolbox that he's been able, than he's been able to show I think that he is one of the best passing bigs that we've had in recent memory and because Duke has multiple guards that may not play well off the ball he's kind of settled into a role as a you know isolation score, post player, while I think that he is a really, really good secondary playmaker guy that you can put in pick and rolls and I an mean, excellent passer. I mean, there was a game against Syracuse where he carved up their defense for about nine or, it was either nine or ten assists. I think, in, in my opinion today, if you're going to be a high-level scorer, in order to be effective, you have to be a really good passer. And so when I look at Jabari, I think that he has to, he's being set up when I look at best as, you know, someone feeding him, whether it's, you know, throwing him a lob or, or him open from dribble penetration where he knocks down a three. I think Paolo is a guy you can give the ball to on the block and say, hey, go give me a bucket. And if he's dominating there, he has the the passing instincts in the field to where he can make pay for a double team's. You can get really creative with him, you know, if you know, you can run like four three pick and rolls or four or five pick and rolls. So that's why I have Ben Carroll as my number
0: one. I can see it for sure. I mean he's uh he's certainly interesting on the ball in a way that, you know, Jabbar Smith is not yet and chad is an interesting case in himself um you know smith being the shooter that he is uh, is pretty crazy at his size you know there's the kd comps that are out there that are pretty aggressive you gotta say pretty aggressive comp there anytime you can uh, compare a guy to kd probably a little bit aggressive but um they are you know while they're all like you know fours or maybe even if you think chats a five they're all very very different the three of them which makes it really interesting because they're similar position wise or similar age wise but they just have three completely different games and that makes it uh kind of fun because i found talking to people like people have very different evaluations of these guys even if they're all at the top three the orders are very different and uh kind of the strengths weaknesses and observations are very different
1: yeah very different. and you know it's I think, even though they all start before, I think in clean lineups, you could see each playing the five. As you know, teams are small. I think that the, the knock Van Carroll is that he may not have the same defensive upside and potential as the other guys, but I think he's the the best shot maker and shot creator of the three. And I guess it just depends on if you prefer the defensive upside or the offensive upside potential, and then if you feel like there's, you know, uh, Smith could be like the balance between all of them. He may not be the best defender of the group, but he's steady. He may not be the best offensive player, but he's definitely not the third. So I think somebody would have Smith as the safest pick because he's also the youngest of the three.
0: Yeah, not to go down the rabbit hole too much, but and ask you the very obvious question, but uh do you care that Chet is 195
1: pounds? <laughs> well, I you know, I'm not the one that's writing the checks. <laughs> Yeah, true. You know, if I were, you know, the owner of a depends on 19-year-old 195-pound kid, I, I'd have some concerns. But I like the fact that he's tough, and even though toughness doesn't always, you know, prevent injury or guarantee health, uh, um, yes, I am. But again, no, he hasn't shown any signs of, of being injured, and so. I think it's unfair to have all these question marks or concerns about his injuries or, or predicting injuries when he hasn't shown any signs. So um, I, I'd say I, I get it, but no, not right now. Give me a reason to be concerned. You know, like Maybe if he were missing games here and there, he's A.J. Griffin, where he's had a, a history of injuries. He's been healthy. So um, I just think it's unfair to, to put that label on him.
0: NBA fans, are you looking for a Daily Fantasy option right now? If you are, you need to check out the award-winning app at PrizePix. PrizePix is Daily Fantasy made easy. I love it, and I know that you will, too. It's so easy to use. All you have to do to use PrizePix is to pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections. If you win, it's up to ten times on any entry, and it's just you against the projected numbers. It's just that easy. An entire entry can be done in just a minute or less. It's really kind of a swift process that makes it very convenient to use, and it's also, PrizePix is safe, and it offers fast withdrawals. PrizePix offers props on almost anything you can think of, including points, rebounds, assists, and even steals on the basketball side. They also have mixed sports entries. So if you like MMA or soccer or college hoops, put those things together to use those skills all together at the same time. And for a limited time, PrizePix has an exclusive offer just for our users. It's a no-brainer, absolutely. $50 for free if you use a player in your first prize picks entry and they score at least a single point. Yes, just one point. You win, but you have to use the promo code NBA. That's right, exclusive offer for our locked on fans. Sign up today, use the promo code NBA, $50 for free. If a player in your first entry scores a single point, check it all out at PrizePix. So beyond the top, guys, um, you know, the NTA tournament is sort of a good framing device. I think it can often be overrated in how much it's actually uh, going to yeah. change things. But sometimes guys break out, you know, the... Uh, there's been famous stories of that where guys will rise from late first or lottery or whatever. Um, do you think there are any guys that are, like, primed to maybe do that? Not necessarily that they're going to, but that they actually could change minds and jump 10, 15 spots on a board in the next couple of weeks. You know, I, I guess some teams might value it more than others, but does anybody jump out to you as, like, an NCAA tournament in particular, like maybe a young guy who hasn't quite done it yet, that kind of thing? Like uh,
1: as a freshman, Josh, why not? Coming off the bench, but he's shown like flashes of athleticism. I mean, to me he doesn't have a true position. He has the the body and skill set. Well he has the body of a wing, but he has the, the skill set of like a happy four, but he has you know, those and physical tools. This is one that I could see he like had the point thirteen rebound deal game, then it's gonna make him not go up. Other guys that you know were, I, I would say it's usually would be like a that has come off, maybe a, a late addition to the uh, maybe even like Alex uh, who some people have compared to to uh, as the best wing defender since stable. And let's say, match uh, up against Wisconsin. That if, if it plays out, and let's say he just has an amazing performance where he shuts down Johnny Davis, so he gets like four steals, four blocks, and knocks down two corner threes, then yeah, I could see his stock rising. Um, I put a whole lot of stock into it, because even though it is a big game and it, it, it may show like how you perform under pressure, I mean, I look at Johnny Zhang last year, he had a great NCAA tournament, and that a lot of people projected him maybe as a, a late first, first round pick and then he went to the Combine and I guess got humbled to even really see him you know on most people's boards as a top 40 pick so um you know he's a guy where the strong tournament play actually didn't really help him but then you know I I, I remember like Miles Simon back in like 97 wow, I was yep. a big fan and I thought Miles Simon was the best player but I was a teenager and I thought you know he's I would have taken him over Tim Duncan, my teenage teenage self after leaving Arizona. (laughs) Um, Joe Alexander is someone that I can think of. He had a a good run for West Virginia a few years ago. He ended up being maybe like the seventh or eighth pick. Yep. And then, I mean, the the one that – and it's actually ironic that we're talking Hawks, you know, uh, Hawks podcast, you know, Marvin Williams, Chris Paul. If I'm not mistaken, he had an awful NCAA tournament game, the last game. And Marv had a, a good run for North Carolina. was ended up being selected over Chris Paul. You know, that was Francis <laughs> A small sample size. I mean, maybe the tournament game didn't have any impact on it. Maybe it did. But that's, that's something that I can think of.
0: Yeah. I remember the more recent one, uh, Malachi Richardson with Syracuse, was like yeah. very clearly a guy who just kind of – you know inspired people and i I never kind of bought that one to be honest with you but he clearly jumped in the draft to the point where we went in the first round and didn't go very well after that but um there are some guys that are like you mentioned a few of them but like i'm thinking like maybe the the two baylor young guys you know jeremy sohan kendall brown as potential guys who could like break out because baylor's gonna be playing potentially deep in the draft sorry deep into the uh, tournament and those guys are um certainly talented and like kind of raw at least in the case of Brown pretty raw still um but i wonder if you know you have the right the right flashes on the right day uh things can switch for you like maybe maybe Tari Eason with LSU now that they have um their new head coach and all that stuff too and um he's not been like always on the radar as much for non diehards but if they make a run he's kind of their best player and all that stuff so i had some you know just guys that were on the top of my head, but I wanted to see like if anything popped to you just because like, you know, obviously guys like Keegan Murray, who's probably going to be a top eight pick already, like might just take over the tournament. That wouldn't be a huge surprise, but those guys are already kind of on the radar.
1: Yeah. And the thing about the Baylor guys, which which makes them hard to predict, predict is I could see one of them or even both of them having strong games, And then I could see both of them scoring 10 points combined. (laughs) So you just never know with with Baylor guys. I mean, Brown is pretty reluctant to shoot and you just never know. I mean, they're not even the, I mean, they're the best NBA prospects on their team, but they're not even the best players on their team. And that's what makes this such a, (laughs) you know, so hard. I mean, I even think that, you know, even Chet, he could be the number one pick in the draft. I don't think he's the best player on Gonzaga's team right now i think he's the best nba prospect and that's what makes this thing fun and makes it such a crap shoot and and uh, yeah i mean same thing with easton i mean he's a guy that i mean he wasn't on my radars coming into the season then yep. maybe around december he started showing some flashes and and then the same thing with him if he has a great game against let's say wisconsin then that could help him out um, but I think, like, a guy like Alex Fudge could be the guy, just a strong defensive performance. And uh, it'll it, justify some scouts. Saying, See, I told you I like this guy, he has potential. And then, bam, you know, he's a, a mid first round pick.
0: Yeah, it's uh, there's always the there's always gonna be one or two that make that make some kind of jump. Now, whether they jump into the first round or jump up the board or whatever. Um, I know like even the first four, if you listen to this, like I think Blake Wesley might be an interesting guy to look at if yeah. they were to get into the tournament, uh, especially you know, he's gonna be playing an extra game potentially with the first four. And he's in the first round for some people already, but he's a guy that is could look great in the right situation. Um, I'm a Michigan guy so i'm thinking about caleb houston and like i'm kind of worried that he might just have two shooting games in a row on a big stage and and suddenly be gone if that makes sense he he's that yeah. kind of a weird season but he's the kind of guy that was a preseason you know top 20 guy for a lot of people had kind of a bad year but now could be jumping back up so they're all over the yeah. place in this track.
1: yeah for him it's like you know all the hype that he had coming into the season and then there's kind of a this year but then you know what and i haven't seen the stats in like a week but i know. I was doing a me and Chad did a, a podcast on like some of the disappointments, and then he was on. My list and I look up and I'm like, oh shoot, he's shooting thirty eight percent from three.
0: <laughs> it's yeah, like, it's, it's, from... <laughs> it's it's crazy. It's it's crazy because he he shoots really well at home and really bad on the road. It's like this. It's very. It's like the prototypical uh, freshman, and like he looks like deer in the headlights when he's not at home, and it's a weird kind of thing. But I still I still like him actually. But uh, it's been kind of a weird season in 2022 my resolution was to eat right and i managed to get there with the help of built bar in some ways i'm resolution anymore because i actually enjoy eating built bars they have the protein infused puff bars that are fantastic to all the other flavors and the fan favorites from built bar each and every bar has 100 real chocolate which makes a huge difference and they taste fantastic on top of the taste built bars are also low calorie and high protein you can easily replace your candy bars with built bars both in taste and to improve your overall nutrition Built.com has all the information that you need, including the nutrition page, which actually you'll be blown away by. Most Built Bars only have four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein with a very low calorie count. And Built Bar also has longtime flavors, the coconut almond, and new flavors coming all the time. Plus, each flavor is absolutely delicious. The best way to check out Built Bar is to go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. If you do that, 15% off on your order with Built Bar. That's promo code LOCKED15, 15% off at Built.com. And, you know, I guess I should, we should not ignore. There's this tier of guys every year, I feel like, because I cover the Hawks on, on this show that I don't end up talking about too much. And this year, I'm assuming it's going to be the like mid lottery guys because the top guys always get attention. And then the Hawks will be picking somewhere in the middle of the first round. And there's this group of like, I mentioned Keegan Murray before, Johnny Davis is in this group, maybe AJ Griffin, uh, Jalen Duran, that kind of, th- those kind of guys who are widely projected to be like between five and 12. Uh, do you have a favorite? Like, who's your number five guy? Who's your number six guy in this class outside of those top four guys? And Because, you know, the good thing is, aside from the G League, League Night guys, all these players are in the tournament, which is not always the case. And all these guys are always going to yeah. be around for a couple games.
1: Yeah, we had a couple years with a number one pick and did Yeah. It. It's, it's going to be nice this year to actually oh. be able to scout these guys more. Yeah, yeah, uh, and- yeah we just didn't make yep. it. Even the year with uh, –
0: it wasn't 2020. Why? Mellow Melo, and... Mello and uh, Bobby
1: Toppin was having the NFL.
0: National clear of the Year breakout season and it wasn't and they couldn't, yeah. play the, couldn't play in the tournament. And yeah, all that stuff.
1: Yeah, I, you know, the guy that I really like, and I'm probably higher on him than most, and I actually just went and watched him play. I mean, I was kind of sleepy because I had just traveled from Europe and <laughs> jet lag, and then they had the AAC tournament in Dallas. Well, it's actually Fort Worth. Let me, let me get that correct. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not for me. It's all you know. It's, it's all the metro area. But I like Jalen Duran, and I like him because one, I mean, he's only 18. He's he's supposed to be preparing for his prom right now, but here he's um, he's preparing for the draft. He be so he's young for his class. I mean, just amazing physical tools. Had a big game a couple of days ago. Or actually, Friday I missed it, but he had like a 20 20, 20 rebound game or something like that. And the reason I'm high on him is because one, again, the ages—he's shown some flashes of being a, you know, a ball mover, a passer. But I think that he would be ranked a lot higher if he had a legitimate point guard to get him the ball. And college basketball, the spacing is already, you know, it's like playing in a phone booth anyway because it doesn't have the same spacing as the NBA. You know, you don't have like your stretch fours or anything like that. But we're talking about a guy that has to pretty much get all his points off the muscle from offensive rebound putbacks hasn't really had anyone to set him up for easy looks and lobs so i'm, I'm thinking like man you get him in the nba with more spacing and let's say you get him with a trey young a guy that's going to give him you know easy lobs and he becomes this vertical lob threat or someone that's going to break the defense down to get him dump off so we're talking about a guy that could be a double double guy as a rookie if he goes into the right situation i personally would love to see him in oklahoma city I mean, I think he fits uh, a need or feels a positional need. Then you got a creative passer in Josh Giddy, who is, you know, having a a great rookie year and, and Josh is doing this without a vertical lap threat. Like the same thing when he was in uh, in, in, you know, um Australia. you, you know vertical lab threats aren't really there's not a bunch of them down there. But I would love to see him actually play with a guy that stretches the floor vertically. So I like Dalen Duran and I think in the right situation he could be really, really good.
0: Yeah, I, I like him too and they've had it's been a weird season at Memphis, but he's, he's been better once they got settled. Um, and one of the team run, he's been better in the second half of the season. And I totally agree with you. Like having, having a, a guy with his skill set and having him not play with a high end point guard in college is just tough. Like you can't yeah. see what he's able to do uh, on that same front. Um, you won't be surprised by this, but the, the number one question that I get about the draft because of who I cover m- the majority of the time is uh, who are the Hawks taking in the draft. <laughs> but uh and, you know, it's obviously too early for that kind of specific specific kind of stuff, but we kind of know by now the Hawks are going to be picking somewhere in the late lottery, mid first round, you know, that 12 to 17, 12 to 18 range somewhere. And uh, I have a list of guys who I think might go in that range, but you never know who's going to be gone before that. Like, does Ben Matherin go off the board in the top 10? Does Ochai Abadji go off the board in the top 10? Guys who I think would fit well with the Hawks may not be around. May not be around. Um, you know, knowing a little bit about the Hawks, I'm sure, and also just like who might be available in this range. Is it much about to you as like a potential guy that you think would make sense? Or um, do you have a favorite that, you know, obviously you wouldn't necessarily take in the top seven or eight, but actually could be available in that in that range? Tough question Something like this. If I'm an agent and
1: the Hawks want my player to come in for a workout, I'm like, no way, unless you can guarantee me <laughs> the moves are going to be made. I do not see a path for any rookie to earn majors with Atlanta unless you know you're you're coming in as a, a backup point guard. But even then, like if you're a mid first round pick where are you going to get minutes at? I mean, there's Jalen Johnson who, who is not playing, who because of where he was selected, he's not playing wise. I mean, I think he deserves to play. If he was in another situation, he could be playing. If Jalen Johnson was in Oklahoma City; he'd probably be starting. You know, so yeah, um, it would be tough because I mean, the Hawks just—I know coming into the season, I know was a team were in position with their depth and, and their you know their assets to be able to make a trade for a guy like Bradley B he wanted to you know to leave but now it's just like man I, I don't even know what direction to go in because again if you where are you gonna turn minutes at uh, maybe someone like Dyson Daniels I think he would be an interesting fit because he can play guard he's more so of a Connective tissue glue guy doesn't necessarily shoot it well, but I think he would give Trey an opportunity to play some off the ball. And and, and even though, you know, it's, I don't think it's too wise to have like your best passer and playmaker a lot off the ball, but just having another secondary ball handler. Um, Bogdan is actually a friend of mine, so of course, I don't want to see him, hmm. <laughs> him move out. I knew Bogdan when I lived in Turkey when he played for Fenerbahce. Um, so wow. I like Bogdan there. I like Hunter. I mean, I think that he has more game than he's been able to show because he he was more sort of a ball handler in, in college and showed some playmaking skills. I think he kind of, you know, hasn't really shown that as much. Um, and, and really, realistically, you don't, if I'm an agent, I don't want another Cam Reddish situation. I'm not like the biggest Cam Reddish guy, but I don't want a situation to where, you know, I don't I don't really see a clear path for my guy to play. Um, a center, I don't think it makes sense for another center. Yeah. Maybe if there's a like stretch for someone that's like a specialist that can come off the bench and, and shoot. Um, I mean, like, I, I don't even, I can't think of that right now, but that, that I feel like is a stretch for that can come in and earn minutes in Atlanta. So if I'm an agent, I'm like... I don't know, man. I think we'll go work out for, we'll go work out for the Knicks. <laughs>
0: so. Yeah, no, you're, you're not. You're not wrong. I mean, it's one of those things where, like, you know, Halliburton. This happened a couple of years ago now, but Halliburton got a lot of pushback for not wanting to be in Atlanta, and it was not because he didn't want to be in Atlanta. It's because he didn't. He didn't want to come in and not have not have a clear path to playing time, and you can kind of see part of that reason. And the Jalen Johnson example was a perfect one because you know he that was a steal, and everybody, everybody I talked to even if they weren't even super high on Jalen Johnson was like, you know, at 20, that's a great pick and everybody liked it. But like you look at the roster and the coach and the situation, Nate's not a big fan of playing young guys. They were super deep and I was calling it preseason. Like he's not going to play. And that's unfortunate because we all would like to see Jalen Johnson develop and it'll be the same thing next year. You'd imagine as well. Like I think if you were trying to find a guy that like could play for them, like maybe maybe Ojabaji, just because he's a little bit older and plays defense, that kind of stuff. But even then, I don't know what they're gonna do. So yeah. you know, I actually, I actually mocked them Dyson Daniels on my, my most recent mock draft. So we're we're uh, we're in lockstep on Dyson Daniels as a pretty interesting guy. But even he, he's probably a year or two away from like actually playing for the Hawks because of where they are. I mean, just knowing the no one likes to hear this, but just I like to be realistic, and Nate McMillan is not gonna be like okay, nineteen year old. Get on out there and play 25 minutes. He's just not going to do that. So, we'll yeah.
1: see. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it might be the weirdest situation. Maybe Memphis' situation is a little weird because they're yeah, kind of in the same predicament and they're winning and, and they're
0: going to end up with a lottery pick because the Lakers, <laughs> Lakers are so awful. Oh, yeah. That's that's actually more – because, yeah, I mean, Memphis is where the Hawks were last year, basically. Yeah. Like, they had their breakout season and they're also loaded in deep. That's, that's exactly where the Hawks were last year, except the Hawks picking 20th, like you just said – Memphis is gonna be in the lottery, and that's that's Like, but that also kind of frees you up to take a swing. Like, if you don't have to play the guy, you can take anybody you want. And that's the Jalen Johnson thing.
1: Took guys last year with with Zaire Williams, who he just had an awful year. And I mean some it was, you know, stuff out of his control, but you know, he was below 40% from the floor, though, and then they were able to take a gamble on him, even with the guy they took on um, Saudi Aldama, the, the guy um, with, with the, like the 30th pick. Yep, And I don't know, man, like it's just weird for the Hawks. You know, like I <laughs> man, if I'm an agent, where is a, my guy going to get the playing time needed to put him in position to cash in on a second contract? Unless there's, which I, you know, God forbid if you're a Hawks fan, if the Hawks don't make the playoffs. The moves will be made. <laughs> you know that the roster will, will have changes, but it's just where where <laughs> would the changes be made? Um, I and I I really like Capella. I like, I mean, I like Collins. I think Collins needs more touches. You know, Trey is there. I think that they have good complementary pieces. I haven't watched them enough. The fact that he may just have too much talent. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I just think like they're. It, like a stretch four but even then you know god i think is he here did he sound like a short short yeah he's actually not he's
0: non-guaranteed he's non-guaranteed for next season so like he'll probably not be there i would guess but like you said earlier there isn't really a stretch four option that's like a very obvious guy until you get a little bit lower down the board so like the one that I would do is kind of cross off the centers, which you which you said too. Like, I can't imagine them drafting like Walker Kessler or Mark Williams, um, just because those guys are pure yeah. fives and they just can't really justify that with a Kong Wu and Capella. But everything else is kind of on the table, I think, just because of how deep they are and where they are. Like, like a candy panther like that? I mean, it's, I mean they is could, him, but in my mind, that's that's tough. Yeah, it's it's tough for me to justify that in where they'll be picking because yeah, if they're picking twenty eighth, you just take the best player and if it's Kenny Chandler, it's Kenny Chandler. But if you're picking thirteenth or fourteenth, and you have Trey Young, like I think you can't really justify picking a backup point guard in the lottery. Like that's just it's not a good use of resources (laughs) in a lot of ways. So I don't know, it's tough.
1: Yeah, and even to me, like being a good compliment. Piece because he would have been yeah. able to play, and then you know, ultimately not much of a fall off when he's running the second year. But he would have been a guy in a perfect fit because of his versatility. But then it's a situation where his aging is—he like, ended up going to situation for. <laughs> Even though I mean it was good, but he it worked he out, was out of there. Yeah, but um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's it's going to be interesting what what happens this off season, I and mean, hopefully they can turn around and it's, uh you know pick ends up lower and fences.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Um, before I let you get out of here, uh, I asked this to everybody that I have on in the draft, but it's been a while since I've had somebody on, so you're you're, you're the first one this year. Uh, okay. Who's your guy in this class? Do you do you have a guy that you love? Whether it's a, a second round guy that you love or like, who is your guy in this in this entire class? If you have Bitcoin guy. Oh, man. I've got
1: a few. Um, I think everybody has... I feel like I'm the last one on the Palo number one. Train. I've been finding myself defending him. You yeah. know? Getting debates about him. Um, and there's a few guys I like. So uh, One is uh, Ishmael Kamagata. Even though he doesn't really make sense for the Hawks. Um, he he actually kind of compares himself to Capella. He said Capella mixed with a little bit of Bam. But the guy that I like, and I've, I've been high on him, is Hugo Besson. He's he's a French kid. He's playing in the NBL in Australia. I mean, he's like he's got like this this swagger to his game. He, he's a shaman agent, and of course, you know, agents can be a little bit biased. Beson led the second division in France and in scoring last year. He's having a good year in in the NBL. You know, you may say, well, he's not necessarily a one. He's not necessarily a I think he is someone that is going to thrive or he can thrive as a six-man microwave scorer off the bench. But his agent compares him to, like, Tyler Hero. He's a uh, – he can shoot. But he's more of a scorer than shooter, if you know what I mean. Like, even though the three-point percentage was, you know, it's I haven't seen it in the last two weeks. But it's decent, but he's more so a microwave guy that can just come in and fill it up. Sneaky athlete. I like him. Um, actually, there's a guy that I had on one of my mocks. I had him going to the Hawks. And as a Polo as a, a, a Jovic out of Serbia. It's somewhere in the mid first round. it's 10. He can handle the ball. The shooting is it's 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 streaky at best, but I'm just talking about weapon. And this guy, like I said, at 16, he's comfortable. With the ball handling it can be your secondary playmaker. He can create his own shot a little bit. And I think he a decent fit for the Hawks, but then again, he's very similar to what we have in, in, in Jalen Johnson. So, um, yeah, I would say uh, Hugo Besson is my, is like my guy that, that I was. And then I feel like I was kind of early to the party on him when nobody really was talking about him. So that, that kind of makes me. Like
0: <laughs> my yeah, it's always good to be early on guys. That's uh, it's fun to not necessarily discover somebody, but just be early and know you're early and have those guys uh, be growing. And um, it's always I always find it. Informative to see who are people that you know, I know you're watching everybody, and to have guys that kind of you're drawn to is interesting. And I wanted to at least get that perspective at the end of the show, even wasn't just the Hawks. Cause you know, I, I try to cover the draft as at least on the podcast. Yes, it's about the Hawks, but it's also about the draft. I love the draft. And this is my only podcast outlet. So it's like, let's talk draft, even if it's not about the Hawks. So <laughs> I do appreciate it. Um, before I let you go, please uh, tell everybody what, what you have going on, because I know you're a very busy man. You mentioned you have been traveling recently, just got back to the States, but uh, I know you're writing and podcasting and all that stuff, so where can people find your stuff?
1: Yeah, honestly, I think I've bit off more than I can chew. Um, I was just telling my <laughs> wife, in the last six days, I've been in six no, six cities in the last seven days, and even including fourth, which. Just counted, you know, being part of Dallas. So, busy. I've uh, my party of the, this basketball in the international prospect. Found out me and my wife expecting, and she was with me. So, she's back here, and I, I come home a month to make all the doctor's appointments. So, I'm in yeah, between. Jet lag. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it's going to be a busy summer for me. <laughs> right. He comes Absolutely. right after the draft. Oh well, wow! You can find me at uh, <laughs> yeah. so you can find me at uh, NBA Big Board. So um, Chad Ford has just brought me on as the director of scouting for NBA Big Board. So I have articles there, and I'll be uh, I still have my website, nbadraftjunkies.com, and that's where I have like a lot of different profiles. And then I have a YouTube channel. Just go to NBA Draft Junkies. You can find my work there but i've been running into some copyright issues lately still breakdowns so now it's just going to be all original content on there documenting like my vlogs and some interviews and then um of course the locked on nba draft podcast and my days are every monday and thursday so it's kind of weird to say it but if you're looking for me you can find draft content for me 5 days a week sometimes even 6 because i'm doing so much and just hoping that i have enough Stuff to cover that I don't <laughs> run out around the draft time <laughs> because I feel like most people are only doing one or two days a week of just content, and I'm doing fives. So I'm definitely going to need uh, some some ideas as we get closer to the draft without being too redundant. Uh, and also, yeah, you love... can find me on Twitter at Barlow, B A R L O W E 500.
0: And I I recommend following all of your stuff and uh, you're a very busy man and I appreciate you giving me some time and uh, coordinating with me to try to get this in. So thank you for your willingness and thank you for being here. And uh, my highest recommendation to check out Raphael's work and uh, subscribe to his podcast and NBA Draft Junkies and all that stuff. Please follow along with everything. As for everybody else, please subscribe to this show and we'll see you all next time.